Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you'll find several speaker feeds with over 400 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Domingo. Hi everybody, my name is Domingo, I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm going to pass, uh, I brought some photos, and uh, they don't have little captions or anything, but hopefully they'll tell the story. So, it's good to be here, it's good to see everybody's faces, some familiar, some new, and uh, welcome to all our newcomers, welcome to all the chip, uh, congratulations to all the chip takers and our visitors. Um, I, was, I just got back from Seattle yesterday, and uh, for my first time, nice trip. I'll because of program, you know, I wouldn't, um, I don't think I would be employed today. I certainly uh, might not be alive today, just I was a pre-diabetic, and uh, before coming into program, I was over 300 pounds, and um, and uh, my life was unmanageable in many ways. Relationships, I'm a multiple winner, they call it, or something like that, right? So, I definitely, um, money, uh, money, uh, food and relationships, right? Three areas of my life that um, are particularly unmanageable by me, and uh, and uh, definitely had a lot of uh, negative effects uh, when I try to control and manage and uh, those those items in my life. But uh, so just to begin uh, to get the numbers out of the way, you know, my name is Domingo. I'm a compulsive overeater. My abstinence date is April 30th, 2009. Since that day, I've been relieved of 114 and a half pounds. I'm available to sponsor, and I sponsor men. And um, I'm really grateful uh, to be here. This is um, this is one of my favorite meetings, so I'm really um, grateful. Thank you, Andrew, for asking me to come and, and share today with you guys. And I love being here. I love being in a any meeting of OA um, because it is my home. My first uh, home meeting. We used to yell out hope. Every day. It was a big book study, and every time the word hope came around, everybody in the room would yell out hope. And um, it was startling at first, and then, uh, and especially newcomers would be like, what, what's going on? Uh, one newcomer said, you know, when I read this is a pizza box meeting, I was slightly excited and scared at the same time. But, um, but I am grateful. I am grateful for my recovery. I'm grateful, you know, I have a home today. And that is with um, a God of my own understanding, and that is here in the rooms with you guys, you know, um, a group of people who um, I feel understand me, and even though our stories may be different, um, you know, you have felt in some way or another how I felt and vice versa, and that's really comforting to me. I remember the first time, I mean, I've always realized it, right? I came here, I came into the program, I started hearing my story, I started relating with people, um, over over time, I started um, listening to females and males, you know, tell my story, and then, um, but it really hit me one time when I was working with the sponsee, and uh, he was talking about a fear that he had, and he, it could have been me listening to a recording of myself, and I thought, I, I just, it's just kind of like a little mini spiritual experience to just be hearing the exact thoughts that I had coming from somebody else, and that that was that was pretty that was pretty awesome. It wasn't awesome to the person sharing their feelings with me, but for me it was pretty awesome just to hear, um, just to hear that someone else has felt like I do, right? And um, so I come to these rooms because um, 
because I need to, because I'm still a compulsive overeater. I have been able to maintain my weight, my weight loss, you know, for, let me see, it took me about a year and a half to lose about, lose a little over 100 pounds, and so about, for about six years, I've been able to maintain it, but I'm still a compulsive overeater. You know, when I talk to my sponsor about crazy food thoughts, you know, he makes me feel better by telling me, well, of course you want to do this. Of course you squish, you know, if I could press rice into a cup, you know what I mean? If I could, like, get a hydraulic press to press <laughs> as much rice as I can into a cup, you know, I would. And um, and I, I do the best that I can to do that. But, you know, but I know... <laughs> I know that, you know, that's because I'm a compulsive overeater. So I still got to think about food. I'm still in love with food. I still think about food a lot. I still look forward to every meal. When the meal's over, there's a little bit of grief and sadness that happens. But what does keep me going is knowing that there's always another meal. You know, there's always another meal. There was a thing I posted on one of my Facebook pages that said, I love going to sleep. Or something like, I love sleep because it's like a time machine to breakfast or something like that. So, so um, and I'm grateful today that I have a relate that kind of relationship with food today. It is weird, it is, it is odd. People look at me when I maybe ask them what they're eating and they ask me if I want something. I say, no, you know, I just want to know what it, you know, how sweet is it? What does it taste like? Is it nutty? Is it crunchy? You know? Um... And um, and my girlfriend always has to explain me to people, you know. It's like, he doesn't want any, just, it's like, you know, explaining, I don't know, like when the dog comes to your leg, it's like, just let him get his thing done and then he'll, you'll be all right, you know. So, yeah, she, she lets everybody know that I'm okay, I'm not threatening or anything, I'm just asking a couple of questions, I just want to know. Because there's new foods that have come out, right, that I never experienced and I'm always like, wow, what is that, you know, what that sounds... That sounds awesome. But um, so to tell you a little bit about what I was, what it was like for me, um, I mean, definitely a lot of fear, a lot of uh, isolation, a lot of uh, feeling like I didn't have the script for life, right? Looking around, everybody's just do, going about their business like they know what they're doing, and, I, and I'm just lost. Um, today, I realize that I'm just like, I'm just overly sensitive, you know? Um, not like in a... In, not like in a he's a sensitive guy. All it's just that just like I just don't I don't have a very strong barometer. When something it's like a I'm like a pinball machine that tilts really easy. You know what I mean? When I have emotions, I just like tilt and I don't know how to handle it. And food for early on for me became really comforting because I get I guess it numbed me out. I don't know what it did exactly. I don't know if it had a scientific or spiritual thing. It just made me feel better and it was fun and it was comforting to me. And so. And um, and so I used it. I mean, why not, right? If I feel like crap and I'm scared and I have panic attacks and uh, food is there, which it always was, you know, why not use it? Um, it's not illegal and uh, it's encouraged and everybody else is doing it. And so why not, you know? The thing was is that um, I was I was listening earlier to Chips and Hugs. Chips and Hugs, you know, I, I sometimes share that, you know, I used to go, I never cooked for myself when I was... Um, you know, in the midst of my disease, because um, it felt like I had to go and, like, the best way, like, I can do to go get some type of interaction. I had no, re- I was not in a relationship. I was estranged from my family. I didn't have a girlfriend at the time. And the, and but going and and talking to a waitress and having 
um, him or her, you know, come over and be attentive to me and bring me food. You know, I felt loved that way. You know what I mean? And um, I, th- I always, I think, you know, I ate the chips because I, but I really wanted a hug. You know what I mean? I was just, that just came to me when I was listening about chips and hugs. Um, potato chips, I mean. I would, but but um, not not these chips, the ones you can eat. But um, so so that's what I wanted. You know, when I heard the ring of the um, the the cash register, you know, it made me feel satisfied. Like, okay, you know, I was done. You know, I got the love that I needed. Right? Somebody paid attention to me. They brought me something. I mean, I I, I really I had a girlfriend one time, and I really questioned our relationship when we she wouldn't make sandwiches for me. You know what I mean? I had to be like. Let me like let me rethink this. You know what I mean? Like, is this really a relationship that I want to be in, where someone doesn't isn't willing to make sandwiches for me? Um, but that's how important food was for me. It came it came first um, because it was my lifeline. I mean, who wouldn't? You know, it's like what wouldn't be first? Sometimes I think about it like uh, somebody underwater. You know, I needed that oxygen, and you know, without that oxygen, I mean, I mean. Um, I just couldn't make it through life. And so I compulsively overate. But like I said, I really just wanted to connect with people. I wanted to be I wanted to be part of a group. I wanted to feel like there wasn't anything wrong with me. You know, for a long time I felt that I felt that um God produced, you know, really good human beings, but in case there was something wrong with somebody that, you know, it, I you know, something in the cooking stage didn't come out quite right. Then he would um, have like this little self-destruct that, um, button that would make people self-destruct. Like I felt like I had that. I felt like that that was the world that I was living in. You know, that's that's where my perspective was. I thought there was something wrong with me. Why else would I fail so often at trying to do basic things like manage my weight and why can't don't I have the 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 willpower strong enough just to eat what I decide I want to eat in the morning? You know, why does it always have to be the demoralization? Of like setting up, setting up what I didn't know was an unrealistic plan, but setting up an unrealistic plan and then not achieving it—that didn't make sense to me. I thought if I wanted it strong enough or hard enough, then I should be able to accomplish it, and and that wasn't the case. And you know, why didn't people like me? And why didn't? Oh, I mean, any number of things. Why did I have the parents I had? Why did I live in the neighborhood that I have? Why did I go to the school that I did? I mean, just on and on and on. I'm definitely not. I did not definitely have. I definitely did not have a perspective of gratitude. It was one of always, you know, lacking and something wrong, and and looking at the world as though there, you know, it just it just didn't fit the bill. And you know what? I applied that same rule to me. You know, uh, meaning that that level of unreasonable expectation, the way I looked at the world around me, well. That, that was my gauge, and so I put that on myself as well, you know. And for today, that is still one of the biggest things that I have is kind of like accepting um, good things in my life. Like if somebody would have told me, you know, um, like what have been the hardest part of this program, and they would have said, oh, the hardest part is like just like accepting like goodness and friends and, and smiles and laughter and love and the easy path and... Um, not having to work so hard and just kind of like chilling out, been like 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 uh, logically, I would have been like, well, that doesn't sound hard and all hard at all. But emotionally, like being okay with not self self sabotaging myself and just being okay with calmness and 
being okay with not having to feel like I have to continually produce to have some sort of value. You know what I mean? Like that I have an inherent. Well, there's no there's no value to apply to for me. To, it's not even a question of value. You know what I mean? It's just I have an inherent right to be here, and I'm good just inherently. And whether I make 10 mistakes or 100 mistakes or I produce um, so much throughout the day or, or not so much throughout the day. And so um, that's still a journey for me. It's ongoing. You know, it's ongoing. Um, but for today, so, well, let me, I'm trying to go jump a little bit. So what else was it like? You know, for me, um, I did want to belong, so I tried to, I thought that I looked around and I didn't ask anybody, like, what the secret of life was. I just figured that, you know, you have to be good-looking and thin to have friends and have people like you. So that's so I was stuck in between a rock and a hard place, loving food and yet and, and being chubby because of it, you know, and at one point really obese, but yet desperately wanting to be with, um, with people and con- make a, that human connection and not being able, thinking that I couldn't because of my weight. And uh, so I compulsively over-exercise. That's a lar- large part of my history is just thinking that, um, you know, having that math continually going on in my head. It's like, okay, I'm going to eat this. So i got to do four miles. And I'm going to eat this other thing. But, okay, I'll just add two more miles. And then maybe my day gets too busy and I can't do any. So now i got to do 12 the next day. And then, you know, um, and then never, ever being able to, and then doing, or doing a lot of exercise, and it's still not doing, you know, what I thought it was going to do, so that was a lot, and I joined the Marine Corps, you'll see pictures of me, and you know what, the Marine Corps did it for a time, a lot of things worked for a little time, the Marine Corps definitely did it, I mean, I was like, I was super in shape, I was 20, early 20s, I was at my, I, I, what I thought was the apex of my life. You know, early 20s, I had a, a fiancé. I had a baby on the way. Um, we, ha- we were renting a home, but it was um, some older folks, and they were gonna, we were going to, like, rent to buy. And we had co- vehicles. We had um, both government jobs, so financial security, you know, as much as you can have. We had friends, family. Uh, we lived in Southern California. I mean, you know what I mean? Life was good, and yet... Um, it you know it didn't it didn't do it for me you know what I mean and I always say that like that's the worst type of hell is getting what I thought would make me feel a certain way and then having it not not fit the bill um, so that's where I so that's where I was so you know like the big book says you know I built it up and I brought it down in my head around me and that's certainly what I did you know fast forward a couple of years I'm divorced I'm estranged uh, from my family. Um, uh, from my ex-wife, uh, I'm, I've been kicked out of the Marine Corps because I can't maintain my weight, and um, you know I've been told and and believe it that you know this is just a series long series of continual failures that I will um, experience throughout my life, and that if I if I can't make it in this one, there's a, there's a colonel talking to me right before he signed the papers to discharge me. You know, he said, you know, this is just, you know, if you make the decision to quit now, you're just going to be quitting for the rest of your life. And so, you know, I thought my life was doomed, and I and I spent the next, whatever, 20 years trying to prove him wrong. You know, that's what I was always doing. You know, it was always a battle against people. You know, I always had arch enemies and um, nemesis, right, people. And I, 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 now I realize they're self-created. I didn't even have to live that way. But I didn't realize at the, at the time, I just thought that I always met up with assholes. You know, I mean, yeah, sorry for... But I always met up with a-holes, you know what I mean? There was always an a-hole in every bunch. 
um, I didn't realize that, you know, it's probably me. You know, a lot had to do with me. And, you know, for today, I don't have a nemesis. I don't, you know, thankfully, uh, with the steps, you know, I get to, you know, um, if I'm willing to, I have the choice to um, make direct amends to such people wherever possible. So, and, and just um, and just apologize forever for whatever my part is, whether it be one percent, ten percent, or ninety-nine percent. You know what I mean? And it's not always um, it's not always my fault today, which is thankful. And uh, and uh, and or um, very seldom when I have an interaction, do I not have any part that I played? You know, um, the big book. One of the parts of the big book that, that I like talks about how. Um, I set myself up for these um, resentments. I, I put things in motion, um, and I set myself up, you know, to be resentful um, for whatever, however that works. I seem to have a knack for that. Before today, um, you know, I I don't have to do that today. If you know, if I'm willing, I don't have to do that today. So um, what happened towards my bottom? You know, so so fast forward decades of misery, um, trying to make many things my higher power. Uh, success, uh, financial fortune, um, um, productivity, achievement, accolades. Um, those were a lot of the ones that I tried to um, make my higher power, and uh, it, none of it worked. Some of it, you know, when I'm in the, when I'm chasing the carrot, you know, when I think I'm going somewhere, well, you know, and I see some progress and. Somehow, I don't know what the end result would be, but I feel like I'm getting somewhere. You know, for a while it works. You know, all those things work. But it isn't lasting, and it didn't last for me. Um, and so I was there I was, you know, near my bottom. It was um, 2008. I was, um, I was a manager, like a middle manager, right? But I had 40-some-odd people um, that reported to me, and I had three retail stores, and... and um, and yet, I was living in my car because I mentioned earlier my life was unmanageable around money too. It all went to, with food. I mean, I just spent. If, if I had a lot of money, I ate filet mignon. If I had a little bit of money, it was Jack in the Box, nine nine ten tacos. You know what I mean? But it all went. It all went to food, and um, I ate constantly. And I, th I thought to myself, well, either I get a apartment and have to manage my money around, or have to maybe manage my my, my money and my eating. Or I live in my car and maybe try to save up some money. And that seemed like, you know, for a compulsive overeater, it was a no-brainer. I'm going to live in my car. You know, I still got it handled. I can't tell anybody because maybe they might realize, you know, how much in trouble I am. But for me and all my rationalizations, things are still okay. You know, the wheels haven't fallen off. You know, and here I am living a double life. Um, telling no one what I'm going through, I, you know, and ultimately, I guess it became too much. I started sharing with my sister a little bit. Eventually, I got some professional help, and that led me to be willing to kind of like be a little bit honest with myself and maybe realize that I didn't know what I was doing and I should, you know, go and ask for some help. So the moment my um, barber mentioned overeating something, there was a group of people that, you know, got together. Uh, the next that, that same day, I was looking on the Internet, and um, I pulled up the Sunday 1030 morning meeting over in, um, in Fullerton. At, I think it was, um, it was at a hospital, St. John's, I think. And there I was listening to people talk about HP, wondering what you know, com a computer company had to do with <laughs> overeating. And um, 
and and but you know what? But everybody was quiet and peaceful, and they gave hugs afterwards, and they looked like they were talking about things happening in their lives. So I just figured I'd just keep coming back, and maybe I would figure out what it is that's going on here. I heard a lot. If you're new, you know, I heard a lot of terms that I didn't understand. Abstinence. What is abstinence? Um, uh, I heard, you know, about a higher power. Um, I heard, you know, about, about a big book, about 12 steps, about, you know, what do you, you know, so it was all a mystery to me. And all I can say, you know, in regards to what, you know, is it, it you know, the, for me, you know, there's no, um, you heard a lot, you know, there's no graduation. It is the process. And it sounds kind of trite, except, you know, everything sounds trite and a cliche until you live it. You know what I mean? And that's what makes it pretty special. You know what I mean? And it is the process today. I am not going anywhere. There's a really great speaker, not in this program, but he always says, uh, there's nothing to win, there's nothing to prove, and uh, I'm not going anywhere. And see, for a compulsive overeater who wants to, you know, arrive, that is the worst thing to hear. Like, even in program, like, what do you mean... I'm not going anywhere. What, what, why all the busyness? Why all the sacrificing? Of course there's somewhere to go. What do you mean there's nothing to win? You know, what do you mean there's nothing to prove? You know, you mean I just um, stand around and I'm just good and worthy of love just as I am? Like, that sounds, as to, for, for me as a compulsive overeater, that is like one of the craziest things. Like, that is so anti-everything that I've ever understood about life. It's just amazing. And today I get to realize I get to realize, you know, the real truth, right? And not to realize it like I read it in a book, um, but I get to just, you know, experience it in my life, which is pretty, pretty awesome. Oh, the OA 100 Pounder meeting is coming on right now. Um, so, um, so there I was. Um, I came in the rooms, and then I started meeting some people. I was kind of skittish. You know, I remember being in... Um, my ho- which was ultimately wound up being my home group within the first month of being in the program. I, I had already established an, an, ab- an abstinence, my first abstinence, which was three meals a day and nothing between. I remember when I first heard that, that seemed revolutionary to me, that, um, that it was, oh, three meals a day, nothing in between, like three. Like I'd never heard it, but of course I'd heard it all my life, right? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But then Taco Bell came out with the fourth meal, and that that really made sense to me. You know, then they were talking my language. You know what I mean? Which is, which is eat. I just ate all the time. There was no meals. You know, whatever I was eating between nine and eleven, that was my breakfast. And you know, it just happened to be, but not that I had sat down to eat a meal. It was just that I was eating at that time. So, um, so I love that, you know, like the clouds like parted, like it, like I had heard it, like I'd heard it for the first time, you know, three meals and ain't nothing between. So I tried it, um, but I didn't have a program. I had willingness just to um, try things, which was good, and um, which is really all I all I need even today, right? Even today, it's real simple. Just be open-minded enough to try as much as I can today. That's basically it. I have a, I have a, you know, for me at four o'clock in the morning every day, a little thing says. Um, you know, it says wake up, you know, be of service, or show up, be of service, have fun. That's changed for me. It used to be do the best I can, but really for like an overachiever like myself, I don't need encouragement to do. I'm going to probably try to do better than I can do all the time, which is really something I, I, I'm working on. But I, ha- I so show up, be of service, have fun, and then go home and go to sleep. 
You know what I mean? That's like my that's like what I try to achieve each and every day. That gives me peace today. That enables me to be productive and helpful and be of service and to have a good, happy life. Um, there's a saying that says, good is the enemy of great. And for me, it's the opposite. You know, great or the pursuit of great is the enemy of good. So for today, I have a good life. And I could let good go to try to get something else other than good. But for today, like, good is good. Like, you know, same thing with my meals. You know, for today, uh, I eat very much the same thing um, every day, pretty much. When I first came in, my sponsor... He gave me a food plan, and that didn't change for the first um, year and a half. And so, and I thought I'm gonna develop some type of disease. That there's got to be other vitamins and nutrients that I need. Like this is wrong, you know what I mean? And this is not. If you're new, you know that's just my experience. That um, there is a pamphlet in this program called the Dignity of Choice, and and um, and and everybody has their own path. But that was mine. And for today, I have. I have a food plan that is home to me. You know, I remember when he first said, after a year and a half, he said, okay, now you have some experience eating. Now you could eat everything you want, anything you want, of course, as long as it doesn't have um, white flour and sugar and no sodas or, you know, no, you know, no certain things, right? No, um, no, no artificial sweeteners and no sodas and no coffee. Mm-hmm. And um, which, which, thank, yeah, so that was a hard pill to swallow. But... Um, and when I tell you, when I first, after a year and a half, going into the grocery store, uh, after eating, I, I only had certain aisles because I only need certain ingredients to make my food. Like, it really, it was awesome because I didn't have to obsess. I knew what I was going to eat. I knew the quantity I was going to eat, um, with, whether I cooked it or whether I bought it at a restaurant. Like, it was all there. Now, all of a sudden... It, you know, I was like walking to aisles, like, you know, like an alien, like, what, like, wow, like looking at all the aisles and all the different options. And I, and it scared me. It scared me. And for a while I said, you know, I tried it and it was too much work. And I went back to eating the same thing. And I've, and I've gone through different stages in my program. I've eaten a variety of things. And I, but for today, when things get crazy and when I start putting too much emphasis on my food, I start spending too much time thinking about it, interacting with it, and, and mentally I'm not present, then I just go back to home, you know? And I remember thinking, like, I, I think I could get married now. You know what I mean? Like, my food plan helped me believe that I could get married because I was this one person always seeking the next thrill. You know what I mean? Always seeking, like, how can you... Like, there's got to be more, you know, this, this eternal restlessness, like... Like, there's got to be more, there's got to be more. How, I can't lock down on something because then what if something better comes through, you know? But real eating the same thing and it always satisfying me and it always being good, like it was just equally good, to you know, yesterday as it was today, my meal, you know what I mean? The, the same meal and I thought, well, maybe if I get married, I can be happy and satisfied with like one person you know what I mean I don't have to maybe always keep one eye on some on somebody on somebody or somebody something else so um so I that was really that was really um a good news for me and I gotta tell you I don't know what your experience is but I know the relationship thing took way longer than I wanted it to meaning that I felt I was so ready for a relationship years before it happened you know but I had to learn a lot of lessons I had to learn how to how to break up with somebody you know in the same manner 
and not to get back with them, you know, a hundred times and break up with them and get back with them. Just, you know, I had to learn how to maybe break up and then have it be okay. Like, it's not an indictment on you or indictment on me. It's just that we both realize or I realize or you realized that I'm not for you or vice versa, bless you. And that's okay, and that's a good thing, because think about if we would have tried to get, make something happen, right, when it's just not going to happen. So, um, so um, fortunately, so anyways, I'm trying to think if I'm skipping too much. Uh, let me talk a little bit about my sponsor. So he just, um, there's this guy after 30 days, um, I was trying to do it, but I was white knuckling, and I had no program, I had no relationship with the program and myself, I hadn't worked any steps, except that I was willing and I asked this guy who had lost 300 and some odd pounds. He had maintained it for four years. He just, he just, uh, he just um, celebrated his 11 years of abstinence. And the guy was like napping in the meeting. He was just relaxed. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, how can you lose? How can you? I thought you had, that had to be some type of monumental miracle. And I thought you had to work out so many times a day to like, like achieve that. I didn't know you can just relax into it. You know what I mean? I didn't know like somebody says you can wear it like a loose coat. I didn't know. It was, I didn't know it was, you know, it was simple. And um, so I, and, and, you know, and I asked him to be my sponsor because that's what I was looking for. And uh, he, he said, yeah. He said, call me the next day, 6 a.m. He said, okay, are you now willing to go to Inlinks for your recovery? I didn't know any better, so I said yes. And thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, i got to tell you, my brain has kept me from so much good in my life because it thinks my, you know, a self-sabotage. You know, I said yes. He said, do A, B, and C. There's how many meetings you're going to go to. Here's who you're going to call each and every day. You're going to call me and tell me what you're eating right before each meal. And I thought, well, but, but you told me to eat the same thing every day. Why am I going to call you and tell you I'm eating the same thing? So I tried not to think of questions like that because I realized that, you know, it didn't do me any good in the past. When he said it, he said, you know what? He said, what you tried in the past hasn't worked. It's not going to work now. This is a program of... Um, this is a program of action, not opinions. So your, your opinion doesn't matter. I thought that was pretty harsh, but I'd been talked to worse than that in the Marine Corps, so I was like, you know what I mean? It was okay for me. And thankfully, so I'd been prepared, you know, at least for my sponsor and the program. And, um, and I was grateful, and I just did it little by little. After 30 days of abstinence, I, you know, we started working the steps in the big book. And um, and step nine, you know, is it is a miracle. Um, step four, for step four, it says a searching and moral um, uh, made a searching and fearless moral inventory. Not because I needed to be fearless, because there's but there was any there wasn't any reason to have fear, and I didn't I didn't know that in the beginning. I thought I was going to do a an inventory and find out that all the things that are negative things that I thought about myself were true. You know, I was a coward. I really had no no guts. I I, I, I lacked you know willpower. You know, I wasn't a, a man. I you know I mean I mean on and on. The, just just the myriad of things, negative thoughts. You know that I get today. I try to abstain from that. That's part of my abstinence. So I got about a minute ago. Um, the fruit of the program is my relationship with a God of my own understanding. I didn't come to this program for that. I didn't want to have anything to do with it. You know, I think how I started developing it is because is everybody kept talking about it. You know what I mean? And and it seemed to be working in other people's lives. And and um, and uh, I remember being in the shower and just, you know, having like... Um, I'm going to stop this here real quick. Okay. I was in the shower, 
And um, I was thinking, I wonder when I'm going to, like, have a relationship with a God of my own understanding, you know? It had been a few months being in the program. Already I had started losing weight. I had already started, you know, um, being, thank you, you know, having a much calmer uh, environment. Um, It wasn't like the the chaotic, crazy train that I'd been used to all my life. You know, I started developing relations through outreach calls with other people. And even I started outreaching calls to my family. And they must have been freaked out. Like, why is he calling me and not asking for money or something? You know what I mean? Like that. Um, and I, and then it hit me, you know, that God, you know, was working in my life. And then later on, I called somebody who was going through a difficult time. And I thought I was helping them. And they told me, well, God's always been working in your life. You just haven't been noticing. And then I, I came to realize, you know, all that attitude of ingratitude just hadn't done me any good. I, I was powerless. I couldn't have done it differently. But I just realized that, yes, there isn't anywhere that I can think or dream or, or imagine that my higher power isn't there. And um, that's that's comforting for me today. So um, I think that's it. I've talked about the important... If I haven't mentioned it, the, the 12 steps, little by little, the best of my ability, has been the key and the prize has been a relationship with God and understanding who makes it okay not to go out there and try to win and try to prove. And, uh, and I don't have to, you know, spend nights up because I feel like I'm missing out or there's something else other than where I'm at at the moment. And I'm grateful for that. Thanks for letting me share. Questions? Yes. Hey, 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 hey. hey. It's good to see you, Abby. Um, yeah, I have a question for you. Um, we come from the same living here show sponsorship, and um, my sponsor was very, very, uh, very, very tough, very tough. And I'm just wondering, uh, and I know yours, yours is too. I'm just wondering, how do you sponsor? Um, do you do the same thing, or do you those as well? Um, good question. And um, yes, absolutely. So the question is, um, you know, how do uh, how do I sponsor? Do I sponsor how I've been sponsored? Maybe a little tough, or have I found my own path? Or maybe are more lenient? Okay. So there is definitely a tendency to be more lenient. You know, like um, and and that and I've struggled with that and and there's also a tendency to want to carry the person like I got to say the right thing you know I got to present it this way so that they can get abstinent if they're not abstinent so I so I had to go struggle through the the fact that everybody I'm not able to give any make anybody abstinent like that's not you know so and I this tendency to make it lenient for other people I started realizing like who am I am I saying that I'm only able to take it the hard way and there's not anybody else capable like am I special and I think that other people I'm you know can't do it so I need to tailor the program for them like like I'm so today I give people the respect of I just you know like the big book says I lay it at their feet the tools that I received that were given to me just exactly the same way it's it's a script I just read a script to new to sponsors hey this is you know I tell them it's a you know it's a program of action and not opinion because it worked for me and maybe it might work for them and uh, I don't take it hard when if they decide nah you know they don't like it or what have you I mean my, I mean I'm a compulsive reader so I got my judgments you know what I mean and uh, 
But, you know, that's like my lizard brain. I can't control what I instinctively think about, you know what I mean? When somebody, when my boss says he's going through trouble, my first, my first, my lizard brain says, well, maybe you'll leave and maybe I can get your job. Even though, you know what I'm saying? But even though, like, really, as a human being, I don't, I don't think that way. So, so yeah, I just, um, I try to do it to the best of my ability. And I, and I'm also, I have my own unique experience, so I bring that as well. Yes. You talked about having difficulty with over-exercising and working back. Can you talk about how you found balance with that recovery? Sure. So the question was, um, I talked about having difficulty with uh, exercise. You know, how through program have I found a balance? So uh, so I, the first thing is, is um, I, 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 my, my sponsor said you don't, like, exercise isn't necessary right now, but if you do decide to start a program, let me know and we can talk about it. And then... And then when I was ready, when I thought I was ready, because I was busy, like, just trying to do the food plan and all, and calling and reading and writing and, and blah, blah, blah. So I, I had my hands full. But when I was ready, um, he said, okay, well, you know, walk briskly three times a week for 30 minutes. No running, no sweating, no heavy breathing. And, you know, and that sounded crazy, so I didn't do it. Because it didn't, didn't sound like, you know what I mean? I didn't sound, but he said less is more. He said less is more. Continuity is keen. For me, the way I understand it, less is more consistency is king. And so I try to keep that mantra. So when I, after a while, I, like I wanted to, because I do enjoy, today I run, today I'm a trail runner, today, um, um, but, but it took me a while to find that balance. I remember my first foray into it, he said 30 minutes, I started doing it, and then I started going uphill, and then it became 35 minutes. So I said, you know what, I'm going to abstain. A, a, so it took me a few tries to try to gain, gain some balance. And it's just been, I've just been, been keeping my sponsor in on the loop as I go through the things. But for today, and one thing, one of the biggest things I think is, you know, exercise for me was isolation. And so I started making, I started doing uh, meetups. So I, so I had to talk to people. And I just started seeing started seeing exercise as a group activity and I've kept that, try to keep the majority of it. I, I like in, through my Facebook, I invite people to come hiking with my girlfriend and us and, and we go and we go hike and, and it's, it's more of a group thing and I, and I get not to isolate, I get to talk to people. So I make it more social. But today I enjoy it. It's taken a long time though. So I've just tried to take it easy on myself and less is more. I used to do a little bit of weightlifting and people thought I was in the gym for like two hours and I realized like, I didn't know how to exercise. I didn't know consistently a little bit of the time how, how much actually results I can get versus doing what I was doing, which is hours and hours and hours. Thanks for the question. Yes. Yeah. Oh, can you share a little bit about this? <laughs> your amends, like, that made a really big impact on your recovery? Yeah. So, to, uh, the question was if I can talk maybe about some of my amends that made an impact on my recovery. The, uh, you know, being the, for whatever reason, I decided to get the hard one, the hardest, the one that I thought was the hardest one first, and so I, I, I um, made amends to my ex-wife, and um, I read the 12 and 12, and really what made the difference, it said, well, before you go and ask forgiveness, you gotta, I just, I, I'm uh, paraphrasing, it said, you gotta be willing to have forgiven that person for everything that you feel that they did, real or imagined. 
And then that, like, it was 10 minutes. I'm getting her ready to meet her in 10 minutes. And it was like, it was like the challenge of my life. Like, forgive her for everything she's done between now and, and between the time I meet her in 10 minutes. So I just, like, I was put into a, you know, I, I, I wasn't put anywhere, but I just, like, I'm like, okay, well, am I ready? Am I willing to look at things a little bit differently today? And, um, and thankfully, I decided that I was, and I went through the amends. And I was able to do it. The, the big book and 12 and 12 has great suggestions, you know, about like it's not about them and what they did. Keep it about myself. Um, you know, I go make my amends, but I don't have to grovel. You know, I mean, I'm again, I'm paraphrasing. I get to like hold my head up high. This is not a humiliating thing. And um, and and they even give me a script. You know, at least my sponsor did. Hey, I'm in a program. I need to do this to be safe and to 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 not die. And so, you know, I'm, I'm here to, you know, I'm here to offer a, a sincere apology for A, B, C, and D. And not have to go, but I wouldn't have done it because, which is my, my impulse, right? Like, well, if you weren't such a, you know, I wouldn't have been that way. Just, I'm just saying, I'm sorry, but, you know, I didn't have to do it that way. The other one was, um, you know, I was talking about um, making, um, creating arch enemies. There was an assistant manager that I called and I was able to, you know, tell him that, um, you know, I apologized. I, I, fe- I, I felt I had reason to treat this person the way I did, which was not good. It was not helpful. It was not supportive. It was not like uh, how I, I feel a leader and somebody in that my position should, you know, should treat somebody. And I was able to say those things. And, and the person said, you know, I've carried that out. I've been like, he started crying. I started crying. He's like, I didn't, I just didn't know what I had done, you know, this whole time. So in, in essence, it just helped, it's just helped me see life in a different way that I wouldn't have ever got a chance to see it if I would have, if I wouldn't have done any other, I could have probably done a billion other things and not got the perspective from doing step nines, you know, um, from doing the steps nine. So I don't, does that answer your question? Okay, thanks. Oh, that's it. Thank you guys.